Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Good to be here with you today. I'll get straight into this today and I want to talk to you. I've called it all, it all began with family. And today we're going to look at some of that because I think it's important to know where we came from so that we can reach our destination really well. So it helps sometimes to go back so that we can go forward. And I think it's really good to look at the first beginnings and hopefully as we move through this this morning, we'll understand, I I hope, a better understanding of of the plans of God. But come with me today, if you would, into Genesis 1, 26, 28. It says, let us make man in our image and let them rule. So God created man in his own image and in the image of God, he created them, male and female, and he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Great beginnings, and chapter 1 of Genesis speaks to us of these amazing beginnings, exciting beginnings. By the time we get to chapter 2 in Genesis, God sees that man needs a helper. And every wife in the room says, we get it. Man needs a helper. He really does. I could tell you some Byron stories right there, but we'll run out of time if I go down that road, so I won't. But man does need a helper. And the the Lord said, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, because she was taken out of him. By chapter 3 in Genesis, there's trouble in the garden. Surprise, surprise. There is trouble in the garden. By chapter 3, the serpent enters the garden and he begins to converse with, um, with the woman and we know that this woman would, have, would be named Eve and she was named by Adam. He named her that because she would become the mother of all living. So we see here clearly early beginnings, that what God is putting into place and we see the formation of the first family the first family, but it was a first family and it wasn't a family without issues. And so we see here the intention of God. The intention of God was, and we saw in Genesis 1.28, that God loves family, that God designed and desired for a family. And that family, and we see right back in Genesis how God wanted the family to live, how the family was to look, how they were to um, go about life. And there were four things there. Number one, they were to live underneath his blessing. They were to live under blessing. Secondly, they were to be fruitful. Thirdly, they were to uh, increase in number. And fourthly, they were to subdue and to have dominion. I find that important. And if you were to ask, you know, if God wanted you to live under blessing, then why are you living under curse? Why? And if they were given dominion, to take dominion over everything that God did not intend, then why didn't they? You know, it, it is a puzzling question in my mind. And the serpent enters the garden and instead of evicting him, 
Instead of getting him out, uh, they have a conversation with him. That's mistake number one. To have a conversation with the enemy is a bad road to go down instead of taking dominion over him. And as a result of them not taking dominion, there were massive problems that entered this planet. But we see here God's original intention. We also see his provision. And God gives them a place to live. And that place is called Eden, the Garden of Eden. Eden means a paradise on earth. A paradise on earth, a place of great beauty and abundant natural resources and beauty, a place of pleasure and a place of delight. That was Eden. Eden. And you, you got to just pause on that for a moment and think, when you've got it all laid out, when God had provided it so beautifully, why would you entertain the voice of a serpent to lose the blessing of God? See, blessing is a word that Christians use a lot. God bless you and you are blessed and, you know, the Lord is, is blessing the work of your hands and God wants to bless that which you do. And I, I take seriously the blessing of God. It's very important to me. I understand the blessing of God because the, the alternative to blessing is not great. It is to live under the curse and the, the book of Deuteronomy speaks to us very clearly about which way do you want to choose, which way do you want to go and we understand that while God is God, he's also given to you and I a choice and we can choose how and where we go about our lives. So there is a choice associated with this. And Adam and Eve did not choose well. They did not choose wisely, but we want to run in the lane with God where the blessings of God are there. You see, God pronounced a blessing. And when God pronounces a blessing over something, that's a pretty major deal right there. And God pronounced a blessing upon Adam and Eve. And God's blessing enabled them to do well. God's blessing enabled them to prosper, to succeed, to increase. But one of the things that we sometimes always don't exercise well is under that blessing is the permission of God to take dominion. And, and so that's what they didn't do. They didn't evict that serpent out of the garden. They didn't deal with him in what needed to be dealt with. And as a result of that, a whole bunch of trouble came. Uh, the Lord spoke to me about that some years ago, and I won't go into the story because it's one that every time I mention it, there are people that just freeze in the moment. But the day that that snake entered my house and wrapped itself and started to wrap itself around my ankle and Gordon would not be afraid, but he knows I don't like snakes. He knows that and one day he brought a bag into that second row and gave me the impression he had a snake in the bag on the second row. And everything in my head during worship, I'm trying to worship God and I'm thinking, I gotta get that snake out of this room. As it turned out, there was no snake in the bag. And he said, see how powerful perception is. That's a good word right there. But I had a snake in my house. It started to wrap itself around my ankle and all the rest of it. And, and so I, I decided that me and that thing are not coexisting. 
one of us have got to leave and I'm not, so you are. And so I called in the cavalry, alias Byron, and uh, with a golf club over his shoulder, he and Ben Nias, who was afraid behind the kitchen bench, evicted the snake. But, you know, what I learned from that is this, that what you learn to tolerate, you will never change. You just learn to exist with it not necessarily prosper, not necessarily thrive, not necessarily overcome, not necessarily live blessed, not necessarily get stronger, not necessarily be in a great place. You'll just learn to exist. And the Lord said to me, what you learn to tolerate, you will never, ever overcome. You'll just learn to exist. And when God blessed Adam and Eve... It was not about them existing, it was about them succeeding and increasing and prospering and living underneath the canopy of God's blessing in the garden. And so that was the intention of God. When God called Abraham to go into the promised land, he, he promised that he would bless Abraham. He said, I'll make your name great. And so through Abraham's obedience, this is the word of the Lord. And this is where I want us to think this morning. God said that all of the families on the earth will be blessed. And I want you to hold on to that thought because it matters to you and I right now in the 21st century. That all of the families on the earth will be blessed. And we'll come back to that. And that's in Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3, if you want to look it up for yourself. So God speaks blessing over Abraham and the future, future families that would come. God also speaks a blessing over Rebecca and Isaac. And he says this, he said, May you increase to thousands upon thousands. And may your offspring possess the gates of their enemies. I, I could just stay there for a moment or two. Don't give up your gates. Don't give up the gate of your family. Don't give up the gate of what God has promised to you. Don't give up the gate of your future. Don't give up the gates to the enemy because God has called you to possess the gates. And this was spoken way back in Old Testament, but underneath the covenant we have with Jesus, it is highly, highly powerful. You see, blessing is important to God and we need to enter His way and not ours. And He speaks about blessing and it's so that we can succeed, go forward, overcome, but it's also speaking about a happy life. And I don't say that in any kind of frivolous way, but the joy of the Lord is our strength. It is our strength. And if you've lost your joy today, I guarantee your strength is all but out the door. And it's time to recognize who we are, what God has promised, and begin to speak blessing over your life today so that your joy, your strength can be reinstated back to your life. Don't give up your joy to the enemy. Blessing is also connected to knowledge because the right knowledge will set you free. The right knowledge the right knowledge gives you wisdom, the wisdom that you and I need to build our lives and to build our lives well and strong 
that lasts throughout a lifetime. I've recently been praying about wisdom, and that's a good thing to pray right now. With multiple noises and voices right across from bombardment through, you know, social media, current events programs, news programs, may God give the body of Christ wisdom. His thoughts. God, what is your thinking? What is your thought in a day that we all find ourselves living in right now? Because wisdom will build your house and wisdom will keep you on the right track. God even goes as far to say that we are to bless those that mistreat us. That's found in 1 Peter 3.9. We won't go down there because we won't have time. But you can bring about change by blessing those that have mistreated you. And that includes even those in your own household. If there's people in your family that have mistreated you, instead of telling 20 other people about it, start to pronounce the blessing of God over them and see how God sets your own heart free and watch and see how God starts to work in their lives. It changes the atmosphere. It changes everything. So we see here that God's original design for family was that we would be blessed and not just in our day, but from one generation to the next. Now we know that the original plan got interrupted. If God's family got messed up, then take heart about where your family might be at today. If God's family can be interrupted by the plans of the enemy, then take heart if your family's been interrupted by the plans of the enemy. But there is hope. There is hope. Remember the story of Joseph. The youngest of 12 sons of Isaac, Joseph was favoured by his father, hated and despised by his brother. And back in Genesis 37, we see within the family dynamic, we see jealousy, we see rivalry, we see plots, we see schemes, we see backbiting, we see, you know, all kinds of things that come against Joseph, this, this brother. He's stripped of his robe, robe. he's thrown into a cistern, a deep well. Finally, he's sold out and sold to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. If you think your family has a few issues, take heart of this family right here. In today's money, that probably equates to around about $6. So Joseph, the brother of these others, was sold out for six measly dollars. Because of rivalry, jealousy and favoritism of the father. And this family is one that demonstrates deep issues of unforgiveness. Now here's the thing. This would be a tragic story if this story stopped there and we never heard anything more. But it's not the final chapter. It's not the final chapter. And I want to tell you that however your family looks today, in Jesus' name, it's not the final chapter. I want you to know that no matter how much trouble or mess has come into your personal garden, it's not the final story. It's not the final chapter. One day I was sitting in my couch at the house that we used to have in Ormo, and God spoke to me and said, I want you to go back to the garden. 
And I didn't know what he meant, but then as I started to pray, the Lord began to say to me, I want you to go back in prayer to my original intention and plan that I had for this area and for that area. And I want you to get that picture in your heart and I want you to speak that out. I want you to pray that out because I'm able to restore the the, uh, original picture and design that I had for that situation. Don't buy into the voice and the, the conversations of the enemy, but be in my place and begin to speak my plan over that. See, I want to live in the garden, but I don't want to have conversations with the enemy at the gates. I want him to know that God has given to me dominion. Fast forward a few chapters from Genesis 37 into chapter 41. Joseph now has risen through the ranks in Egypt. And this young guy's got a gift on his life. You know, a real gift on his life to interpret dreams. And that gift on his life got him into trouble with the family. And one of the things you've got to learn that when God gives you something, sometimes God gives you something, but he doesn't always give it to the brothers. He doesn't always give it to the rest of the family. And may we walk wisely in that which God has given us because there is a time and there is a place for that to be exercised. So the same gift that the brothers reacted to is the same gift that got them out of trouble because there was a famine in the land and they end up coming into Egypt to get food. Genesis 41, uh, chapter 41, verses 41 to 43. Let me read it to you. It says, So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. And then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes, a fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command and men shouted before him, make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. What a promotion over this guy. Joseph's name means increase or addition. In Hebrew, it means may Jehovah add to you and give you increase. So this thing about increase and succeeding and prospering is a big deal to God because it's spoken everywhere in Scripture and it's always connected underneath the blessing of God. Joseph was now a man of authority and influence and so much had been added to his life that with this position also came the opportunity to take revenge. With this platform of promotion, he was now in a position to treat his family really badly and to take revenge out on them when they came to Egypt to buy food and they came before Joseph, but they didn't recognize him. And so Joseph, as the governor of the land, could deal with his family if he had held offense, if he had... uh, unforgiveness in his life, he could have just wiped these brothers out, annihilated his family. And we don't have time to go into the processes of that, but in chapter 45, Joseph makes himself known to the brothers. And in chapter 45, verses 4 to 5, it says, Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. And when they had done so, he said, 
I am your brother Joseph, the one that you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. What a moment in this family. Joseph was reunited with his family, eventually with his father, Jacob. Joseph was reunited with the younger brother that ended up coming into Egypt as well. But we also see the permissive will of God here that was at work in Joseph and this family's life. For Joseph recognized that God's hand was upon him. And he said, God sent me to here ahead of you to save lives. Now, for those of you in the room right now, many of us are forerunners in our own families. Not all of us come from Christian backgrounds. We, you know, not all all of us have had the, the enormous blessing of growing up in a Christian house with godly parents, with godly mentors that showed us the way to do our lives, our, our marriages, or raise our children. But many of you are here today because you are forerunners to, to set the pace for a new generation that's coming up behind you. And some of you are sitting here today saying, my family has mistreated me. There's bad things that's happened within my family unit. And you can go through life holding a fence and holding a grudge and saying, I just want to get even. Or you can be like Joseph and, or really like God and say, I will not treat my family as their sins deserve because that's what the grace of God has done for me. That's what the grace of God has done for me. And I will not hold in and keep an account and keep a record of every mistake they've made and everything that they've said and all the things they've done against me. And, you know, they robbed me of this and took that from me and they've done damage in my own life. But the the thing is, where's your heart? Where's your focus? Where's your position? Who do you belong to? If you're here today and you're a Christian, God's got your future. It's all right. Don't hold offences against people that have done you harm. And Joseph here sees the big picture, the greater picture of God over his life. Another thing that we shouldn't uh, forget about, and I'll, I'll start to close with this, is that God gave Abraham this promise. Remember that promise that I spoke about in Genesis 12? He said that all of the families on earth will be blessed. All the families on earth. Joseph was a descendant of Abraham. God said that he would bless the seed of Abraham. And a blessing had been pronounced over Abraham way back then. And it's still good for you and I today. Do you know the blessing that God spoke over Abraham is effective in your life and your family today? And the reason is, is because Jesus went to the cross And everything that was lost in the garden has been restored back to us by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so the blessing that was spoken over Abraham and all the families on the earth applies to your household, your family, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your great-great-great-great-great, how many greats you want to have, all the families on the earth. But where you are in this story is absolutely vital. God has not forgotten the promise. 
We do, but God has not forgotten His promise. He has not forgotten the promise over your family. And you say, well, my family's in a mess. The garden is messed up. The enemy came in. Maybe he has, and we find out in Genesis 1, that's his nature. He's just doing what's in his nature. But we need to get a hold of Genesis 12. We were born into a family when we were born again. When we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, we were born into the family of God. A family that has plenty of flaws, plenty of weaknesses, has made plenty of mistakes, doesn't always get it right. A family that is not perfect and we don't need to be because there's only one who is, and that is him. A family that I soon discovered according to Galatians 3.29, that God calls me his heir, H-E-I-R. He calls me his heir and I wish we had another half an hour and I don't. Galatians 3.29 in the Amplified says, Since you are in Christ's family, then you are heirs to the promise. We're in Christ's family today. There are so many unclaimed things in our lives, in our families, because we never kind of visited the possibilities there. I learned that I was an heir, that I'm a joint heir with him and I've been adopted into this family. Not left out, I'm accepted, I'm I'm adopted into this family and I got here by grace. There was a day that I believed in my heart And I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ will be the Lord of my life. And the day that I did that in our little humble beginnings, I entered a new family. My old family has done me harm. The family of God, I'm an heir to the promises of God. So to stay on the God side of things means that I will incline my ear to the sayings of God and the promises of God. To stay on the God side of things is this, that I will not entertain the voice of an enemy who wants to possess my gates, possess my family, possess my future, or possess anything else that God said, this is yours. I'm an inheritor. I'm an heir. That's grace. That's grace. And if I can encourage you with anything today, don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant of the promises of God. Certainly don't be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. Because if you are, things will get taken and stolen and taken away from your life. And you'll think, God was not there for me. He abandoned me. He's overlooked me. And it's not true. It's not true. Be aware of what God has spoken. Also, your part in this story is vital. Joseph's part in this story was absolutely essential. If Joseph had not risen in God, then his own family probably would have died in a famine. But Joseph's life is important because it reminds us of the grace and the intervention of God, that even though things might get messy along the way, 
God's got a bigger plan. He's got a greater plan for the future. Remember Jeremiah 29, 11, the plans I have for you are to give you a hope, to give you a future. And church, I wanna really encourage you in this day where there is so much around us right now, be men and women of God that incline and entertain the voice of God and don't negotiate with the enemy's voice in Jesus' name, amen? Is that all right? Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray right now for every person in this room and every person that would see this recording or is online today. Family is in your heart. You, this was your idea. Family was your idea. We understand that the enemy came into the garden, but Lord, you're also a great restorer. You are a renewer. You are a God that can bring things back that have been lost. And I pray that over every family in this room and every person that represents a family, for every life, every man, every woman, every husband, every wife, every mother, every father, every single person, no matter who it is, oh God, your family, we are the apple of your eye. And I pray right now that things that have been taken and stolen, I pray, Father, that a great wave of recovery and restoration will take place. I ask you, Lord, that you'd awaken our hearts to love your word and to know its truth and may the truth set us free. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. God bless you.